Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast with Simon Cocking, Senior Editor. I'll be doing a series of interviews with people at the cutting edge of green tech, clean tech, and anything else that we think is interesting and worth listening to for you guys, our listeners. Hi, okay, so this is Simon, and I have Steve, Stephen with us, and we're going to talk about his beautiful flowers that he has in the garden, particularly in kind of a Cape context. So, first of all, um, Steve, um, where are you from, and have you always been a gardener? near Toronto, a little uh, city called Peterborough, and um, yeah, I, I, guess, I, I guess you could say I've, I've always been interested in gardening. Did your mom and dad garden? Uh, no, no, okay. didn't. As a matter of fact, my dad never cared for horticulture at all. He was uh, born on a farm and had to work on the farm as a kid, and I guess when he uh, got free from that burden, he <laughs> said, the heck with this, and he, he actually went into the factory. He was working in the factories in the 50s, and uh-huh. uh, I guess a lot of farmers did that too, left the left the slog of the farm and went to the factory. Anyway, he, he planted a box of petunias once in a while in the in the spring. I mean, that's, that was about the size of his gardening. So when did you so, begin to garden then, as a kid? Or well, as... I do remember, I do remember when I was a kid, it was in the fourth class, grade four they call it in Canada, and uh, Mrs. Kellogg, who was uh, a local gardening lady, she brought some seeds around to the kids in the class and she was going to to pass them out as a little bit of a contest. So I took some veg seed and I took some flower seed and I went and planted uh, without any in, input from my parents at all. I don't know. I, it's not that I didn't want to ask them. I just, you know, it was sort of my project. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what are you in grade four? I guess about nine. Yeah, young. Nine. So um, I took these... We lived at the top of Paddy Dunn's Hill at the time, outside of uh, outside of Barry, which was uh, which was a, a shore of, a, of an ancient glacial lake. So it was sand. That's what I'm saying. It was sand. And I put in some cucumbers, and they did okay. And then we actually got a couple of little nosly little cucumbers, which I was pretty proud of. We also put in some zinnias and zinnias around the house, and they did okay too. And then Mrs. Kellogg came, and she looked, and you know, very very positive, very. Uh, Oh, this is great. Yeah, it looks cool. And, uh, so that was but That's the earliest gardening experience I can remember. So that's the earliest. And then, you know, we're here talking because we're surrounded by beautiful flowers. So was it a, a project that you wanted to do after you retired or did you do it in oh, between? Uh, uh, oh, we've always gardened. When, uh, when Debbie and I, my wife and I got together, I remember renting a place and, and as student rentals, you know, you're not talking fancy accommodation here. So this one place, uh, we wanted to kind of—I don't know—we just we just went out and bought a few boxes of flowers and put them along the walkway at the front, uh-huh. just for no particular reason. It was certainly wasn't our property, and it didn't last long. A couple of kids next door ripped them up a few weeks later, but that was, that's just what something we like doing. Yeah, we both like doing it. And so, um, anytime we had a anytime we had a, a property, yeah, garden, the garden was a big thing. We, uh, our first house uh, lived, uh, we lived next door to a, to a Dutch fella who had been retired and uh, was very keen on gardening, as a lot of Dutch people are. And um, so he got us going, and, and the, the place we bought it from was an Italian family in Peterborough, and they um, very big gardenings, more in, the, more in the vegetable gardening range. Uh-huh, so they, yeah. had, they had a 200-foot garden and just crammed full of veg. And uh, we actually had some workmen around a few times to do various things, plumbing and electrics and whatnot. 
And uh, he said, oh, yeah, the Vitarellis, yeah, I remember them. Yeah, they used to come here, and old Mrs. Vitarelli, she, she used to want to pay me with vegetables. <laughs> he said, it didn't, didn't really last too long, but, uh, yeah, she, they, were, they were very cute gardeners. So we kind of thought we were carrying on this tradition in the house and in the neighborhood. So we, uh, that's when the kids were very small, and uh, they played around in the garden, and we, we gardened and uh, have done ever since. The second house we bought was an acre and a half. And when we went there, oh my God. And it was just sort of typical Canadian garden, which was 99% lawn. Okay. So we had, we had a blank canvas, you might yeah. say. And uh, yeah, we just went a little bit nuts. We actually had a, had a landscape gardener in suggesting uh, various things here and there and what to do and how to, how to organize the thing so it looked kind of, kind of a, as a whole as opposed to a bunch of pieces around your property. But um, yeah, so we went crazy there and uh, oh, it, was, it, was, it was fab. And it was one of those things where, you know, it, we were on the street and, and somebody would come in and say, oh, geez, I really love your garden. And that itself yes. was kind of motivation enough to, to continue on. Not only did we like doing it, of course, but uh, it's nice to, for somebody to say, geez, that's, that's a great job. Yeah. Nice job. Oh, definitely. So that, you know, it's, I know it sounds like a bit of an ego thing, but it was just, uh, I don't know, it's just, just one of the perks, too. One of the, one of the other benefits of, of gardening. Everybody likes a garden. Yeah. And like you I say, anybody stop saying, "Oh, geez, your garden sucks." <laughs> I think it's really ugly. What are you doing that for? No, I As think so. As opposed to painting your garage purple and yellow <laughs> polka dots, somebody might stop and say that. But uh, a garden, everybody likes a garden. Oh, I think so. And I mean, it's lovely to look at this one. Um, with this, um, maybe we'll walk and you pick some favorite ones. And did you have a plan, or did it evolve, or a bit of both? Uh, um, a good question. Let me see. I, I I had a plan as I as I started. I started with the mattock. Now this the front garden here is just the side of a hill. Mm -hmm. And if you look across the road up there, that's kind of what it looked like. It's it's just okay. So basically so, wild. So bracken and the purple is the heather. And heather yeah. And, you know, just your your average hillside. And so that was what this looked like. Uh, it had just been built, so it was still, you know, it looked like a construction site. Oh, gosh, okay. Wow, so, so it has um, been transformed. So I got a mattock, and I, uh, of course, to, to uh, first thing you do, I think, in a lot of gardenings, uh, gardens we've done, is sort of put the hard surfaces in first, the hardscape, I think they call it. Okay. So we needed paths. How are we going to access what we're going to plant? So I just got the mattock and started hacking paths, flat paths, into the garden, and of course, uh, being Ireland, you come across a lot of rocks. Yes. So I just put the rocks on the side. So these. As, as it as it developed, we then have a path and a little stone wall right beside it. So they become features, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was just all. I don't know if the word serendipitous is right. It's just kind of just that's how it happened, and uh, we joined a couple of the paths. So this is kind of a a pie-shaped garden with the paths going in a circular okay. form around it, if you, can, if you can see what I mean. And then we put little paths to, uh, to join them yep. in between, and uh, that's just how it, how it turned out. So look, right now, right now we're standing in front of this beautiful like pink hanging lantern. So do you want to tell us what it is and tell um, us about it? Yeah, this, this I first noticed in uh, the parking lot garden that the uh, Tidy Towns people in Baltimore okay. take care of. It's, uh, the common name is an angel's fishing rod. Okay, which, wow. Uh, it, it, the, 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 the leaves itself, themselves look in the, in the iris family. Okay, uh, yeah. Long and, and stringy, the daylily family, the, um, dare I say it, the Montbrecia family. 
long, yes. you know, savory kind of leaves. But this this one stem comes out of that growth, and it has these collection of bell-shaped flowers. Yeah, pink is the ones we've I've seen. I don't know if they have other colors, but and pink and on this very kind of a a thin hair of a stem. And, um, and it looks so up, delicate. As but... they open up, the wind catches them, and they sort of bob and bob and bob. Yep. And I think the, uh, the common name of um, Angel's Fishing Rod is, is just describes what they look like. It looked like somebody's fishing with these blossoms into a It's gorgeous. Pond, and, yeah. and obviously, I mean, everything here has to survive. It's the wind yeah, yeah, and the yeah, salt, really, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Dachira, by the way, it's called, I think. Uh-huh. So tell us about the... Uh, the, the wall of rose that we have in front of us. Yeah, well, that's one plant. Yes, it's spectacular. And, um, yes, it, I think it's I measured at one time. It's about 20 feet long. And it, it's, it, it's bred for that particular purpose. It's a ground rose. And um, so it, I have it along the wall, bred right at the top of the wall uh, next to the road. And it's, it's uh, grown easily with very little tending apart from just pruning because it is so vigorous you got to kind of hack it back um, there's so much blossom that to, to, to prune it like I do the other roses uh, you know it's just that's all you do so I don't do it so but you don't you need see, to but it's still full of flowers as, as you can see it's just blossoming like crazy yeah I think it, it's a ground rose I think it's called peacock uh-huh. I have to check in W to, to be sure but it is spectacular it's a, it's a, it was a surprise and just an excellent performer as you can see and uh, it had not strong fragrance but a lovely sweet sort of appley kind of fragrance which is great when they yeah. smell ah oh, right behind us here because we've got one and it's tiny so is it erigium erigium yeah, yeah something like that <laughs> so so this is thriving so to describe it it's about a meter and a half almost by two or three foot and it's pink petals with yellow inside yeah, yeah. so Sort of the aster family, but the, the foliage is a little more, um, little more um, fleshy. And uh, do you have to asters. prune it, or does it? No, no, no. We um, probably deadhead it in the spring and fall if it gets looking kind of scuzzy. Uh huh. But uh, it just, uh, yeah, it's happy here. And anything that grows <laughs> and it looks happy, um, you know, we're 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 good with. Uh, there is. You know, the plan for the hardscape was what was mentioned about the paths and the little walls. But um, also we tried to, wanted to try to keep uh, sort of a natural color so that it okay. wouldn't clash too much with the natural environment. Now, uh, as you can look on any hill in, in West Cork or indeed Ireland, the most, most natural colors are the heathers and the gorse, you know, the purple and the yellow. So we tried, I mean, sure, that you'll find things that aren't purple and yellow in this garden, but we kind of tried to keep that theme. And uh, as, as it turns out, there's there's lots of selection in purple and yellow, so, you know. It works it, it and works it survives. And I'm quite happy with it. So to throw a spanner in it, uh, tell us about those orangey, pinky ones. What are they? Are they irises? Uh, well, it's kind of in the iris family. They're called daylilies. Okay. Um, we grew them a lot in uh, Canada. Now, these are, um, these are the, the Canadian version of Malbricia. Oh, right, they're okay. In the, they're in the ditches there. They just uh -huh. go wild, and they're kind of a pain in the neck sometimes. But uh, the breeders got hold of them a few years ago and uh, started breeding them for different colors and, and different blooming times and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, so we've been always a fan of daylilies in, uh, in Canada. 
Now, I will say that uh, I'm a little bit disappointed in their performance in Ireland because of the salt in the air. And as you notice, the, uh, you know, the, the edges of some of the leaves just Brown get and, kind of brownie yeah. and, and kind of shitty looking. But, um, so are you always kind of testing, like, of, of what we look at? Are some things new experiments? Like, is it a mix of... Well, um, yes, combination. Always, always looking for something that that uh, is low maintenance, blooms like crazy, and uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, smells fabulous. Now, this one that we did get from a neighbor from the Sawyers, uh, and it's crane, crane, cranium, it's cranium, crinum. I think it's called. So is it is it lily esque? Yeah, definitely lily esque. Yeah. Okay. Lovely fragrance, and uh, just blooms like mad. Um, it's you know it takes up a lot of space so it, it, for for a, a good sized garden it really fills in. It may not be the best for a smaller garden, but uh, here here it works in nice. On the other hand, because of its structure and uh, the salt in the air, you see the the, the wilt and the browning on the edges of uh, the lower leaves. And which yeah, makes it look a little shabby. But on the other hand, uh, the, the the blossoms are magnificent and uh, very like a like an Easter lily. Yes, nice and nice and fragrant. Yeah. And because it came from people who lived on the island, oh, absolutely. Yeah, they, you know they it's... Stuff, three or four, I mean, look at the size of them now. It was yeah. just a little ball when you put it in, and geez, it's a huge thing now. There's one over there, and then there's one up there somewhere. And is that Bodley or in the corner? It is, yeah. yeah. So, so, I mean, yeah, in Dublin, gonna... that's like a weed on building oh, sites. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. But uh, now, uh, One of our favorite plants in Ireland, sorry, in Canada, that we can't, they don't do in Ireland, is the lilac. And I say that's kind of our lilac substitute here. Uh, I know Budley is a pain, and it can it can rip the bricks off a house. I've seen some of the, yeah. uh, the uh, you know, McLeod, what's his name? Um, oh, the architect. Yeah, the, yeah, the grand design yes, guy. He's yeah. pointing out how the, how the Budley can rip bricks off uh, buildings. Yeah, I suppose it's true. So we don't let that grow any, lo- any bigger than one season. Okay. At the end of the season, we take it right down to the ground. It comes up again, lots of, lots of blossoms. Now, it, it, it's also right beside the, uh, the bio plant, so maybe it gets a lot of water there, so it's able to, it's able to grow up again the next year. Oh, but, by uh, bio plant, like uh, the, f- the, f- the filtration of water yeah, from yeah, the house, right. yeah? Yeah, yeah, it's right beside that, so maybe it, it gets down into the weeping beds or something, I, I don't know. It looks but happy though, and oh, it is very happy there, yeah, and great for butterflies. I haven't uh, seen any yet this season, but they always come, and there's always it's always flooded with butterflies. And um, so the David Austin, let's go back and talk about it because it's sure. so spectacular. So this is a, a lovely giant pink one. Yes, this is uh, probably one of the one of the biggest uh, I don't know features uh, I, I, we've we've run across here in in Ireland. The the David Austin rose, and this is. Uh, Wild Edric. Now uh, we got it from a great garden center up the, up the river there called uh, Delish. Uh-huh. Um, super people, very accommodating, and always uh, keen on on you know talking plants and getting getting stuff that you need. So we've ordered a few extras even over the years of these of this variety, and uh, told them that it really grows well on a seaside condition. Now that that seaside condition is important to 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 ask or talk about when, yes. you're, when you're planting a garden in the, you know, by the sea because some things, uh, you know, like this does fine. Other things like daily, as we were talking about there, uh, you know, the, the, the sea air is hard on them. But this but, seems um, to be thriving, doesn't oh it? Oh, my God, eh? Yeah. It's unbelievable. Just the blossoms, and I've never seen a rugosa rose with blossoms that big. Yeah, like I said, they're... Know, they're bigger than the palm of your yeah. hand. Yeah, it's impressive. It is, yeah, and lovely fragrance. And then, and so next to it is is this... 
rose hip or is it not rose hip? Or? Yeah, well, I leave, we leave it for the rose hips. Uh -huh. It's a wild, just a wild white rose. Uh, really, you know, it's just the five petals, really flat, awesome. But uh, lovely, big, almost crabapple size um, um, hips on it. And it's and, like a uh, small tree almost. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's it, it's one of those one of those plants that I was saying earlier that one of those plant or one of those roses that with the foliage off uh, in the in the winter, it looks like a bunch of sticks, <laughs> but it makes it easier to prune. Um, <laughs> But uh, it's it's not that attractive in the winter. But you look at it; it's uh, but very it's, very happy here. It's, and it's it's a native, so the sea the sea air doesn't bother it at all. And uh, lots and lots of uh, rose hips. So and so next to that, we I then have know, a what, what variety it is. It's just a wild white rose. It's lovely. And then we have mm -hmm. a hydrangea, which yeah yeah. As we know, you have hydrangeas in four colors. So this is this white or blue or somewhere yeah, between. It's, yeah, somewhere in between. Some of it's are, some of the parts are white, and I think they're you know you could even see they're a little bit of a lilac kind of tinge to it. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. And have you had to do much, or did it just? We got this from uh, Jim and Marie O'Neill, and uh, another nice part of of gardening is that you share with neighbors. Yeah. And it grows well for them, and they're they're on the coast too, of course. Yeah. And uh, so it grows here beautifully. And um, what would you ask about size? Well, yeah, like I mean, a little pot. Yeah, and, and, and now I'd say it's <laughs> six feet maybe. Oh, geez, yeah. yeah. Massive, massive. <laughs> and you, down below you have ones that are purple and red. So <clears throat> how much does the soil change the color? Uh, I've heard that theory and I've, I've paid attention to that theory, but I've never, I never found any proof on that theory. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. I, I know it's, it's got to be true. I guess everybody says it, but uh, in our experience, it's not. What you what you plant is kind of what you get. Okay. I've never been able yeah. to alter the color too much. And then another another um, Edric up here. Oh, okay. I really, I really like this because when you come down past the school, boom, that's all you see. This big red rose. Yes. Kind of neat. And is this from a cutting or another plant? No, you that's put another. In? That's another wild Edric. Yeah, planted in there. So again, just a little, you know, eight inch plant. show that things will take and oh yeah yeah and then almost naturalize Existing, yeah, 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 and then you've even got some blackberry flowers popping yeah, out yeah. there. You know, I want to take them out. And geez, actually, the, the fruit looks pretty good. Yeah, we get some rain at the right time, not too many blackbirds. So, has there anything has there been anything that you would love to have grown and just couldn't hack it here? These are all the successes, yeah, yeah. Um, well, lilacs, yeah, as I say in Canada, we grew them, they're beautiful and fragrant, but uh, haven't had much success here. I'll show you one we're trying to do at the back. Okay. But uh, yeah, there was another one that we put in. So, so what does the lilac do, or what's it look like? Well, um, in Canada, they're eight or ten feet, and uh, lovely, fragrant uh, cone-shaped flowers at the end, lilac color. Surprise, surprise. Uh -huh. Beautifully fragrant, and they're great cut flower too. Cut them and take them into the house and uh, fragrant your house for. You know, three or four days a week, even. So uh, as we here, we're at the clematis as well, which is has a lovely flower. Yeah. And so Simple again, <laughs> how many? How old? How old is this? Um, that's been in a while too. Maybe six or seven years, I guess. Yeah. Built a planter here. We tried to split up the, the garden back here with um, a trellis wall. On one side was kind of 
you know, seating and barbecue and some flower beds. The other side is the laundry and the parking and the trash. The functional area. Yeah. 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 So I think we achieved that. Open bars. Uh, oh, cemented those in and everything's been, been really well. And is this honeysuckle? Yeah. So when will that flower? Is that so? Well, it's almost ready. So this mean this means that you do have like a sequence of flowering where you've had stuff for the last four months. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. This is the next thing. I don't thing know to... if I'm quite that uh, organized to, to plant it for those reasons, but it's nice to have flowers all year round. And it has lovely vine vine like yeah, tendrils yeah. that yeah, yeah, yeah. weave in. And we use it in our Cape Clear gin too. So yes, well that's cool. <laughs> yeah, support the honeysuckle. And does it release the smell at night or uh, in the yeah, day? Yeah, it's more it's more fragrant at night. Nothing, it's not really in bloom right, right yet, but uh, and then we had a, we had an extra hot vine, so we stuck that into. Cool. Yeah, we make our own beer, so a salute to the beer. <laughs> okay. I'll show you our sad little lilac. We're trying to go up here. Are these wilds that just popped in? These little uh, yeah, yeah, purple. Yeah, yeah. We have them growing as well, and here are red currants. Yeah. Black. Black. Oh, yeah. they're just not black yet. Yeah, yeah. We we picked them out. I actually, got five, five, um, five pounds. Wow. Five pounds of berries. So we made up a bunch of jam and compote and stuff, and that'll do us. And the blackbirds can have the rest. And they we had to screen it. Yeah. The blackbirds. It's the problem, isn't it? Yeah, they get greedy. Ta-da! Ah. There's our. Uh, yeah. So it's it looks like a tiny oak. It's, yeah. Well. <laughs> it looks pretty sad. So we're not. Uh, are these just popping in? What are these ones? Uh, these are Japanese anemones. Yeah, they're uh, they're gorgeous. They're gorgeous. They're about this high, and they have really lovely pink daisy, not daisy, uh, sort of actually a flat rose, a five-petal flat rosy kind of kind of flower. And the beauty part of it is because they're on these high stems, you got the lovely pink, and they're very prolific bloomers. Lovely pink at the front with this gorgeous uh, brick gray brick wall behind. Yeah, yeah, and the yeah. pink and gray just just goes beautifully together. The downside of the anemones, they're really aggressive. Okay. And they will take over if you let them. So I guess they have this bed, don't they? Yeah. They, they constantly digging them out. We're trying to keep them from going past this wall here, but you know, the odd time in the spring, you'll see them up here. And I, I actually pulled a few out there the other day. It's just kind of got a ah, back. I guess back. that's the thing. Everything you have to be managing and staying on top of, you know? This is cool too, sweet woodruff. And the neat thing about sweet woodruff I think it's neat because it's so unusual. Not a whole lot of fragrance fresh. No. Put that in your pocket. Okay. Let it dry in your pocket. Uh -huh. Pull it out this time tomorrow. Oh man, that is lovely. It's just one of those plants that uh, has, a, has a unique characteristic. That's it was. It was. Um, I think there's some native uh, North American group that uses it for for his very ceremonies, smoking ceremonies or something. Uh huh. So. But I yeah, it's, uh, it's lovely stuff, and it, it's uh, it's pretty aggressive too. So you have to kind of be, you know, you can see it hacking up here. You just kind of I guess hack it back if you don't if it's popping up where you don't want it. You're in a good position where you're having to manage it rather than them dying. So. Oh yeah, oh yeah. no, jeez, yeah. And white sort of foamy flowers when it blooms. I'm not sure when it blooms, but we'd have to add pictures. Yeah. Cool. So thanks very much. Oh, you're welcome. Um, well, what's this then? We'll do one last one because we can always. Right here? Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, Jerusalem artichoke. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. They look like sunflowers and they yes. actually have sunflower kind of things here, but uh, the food on it is the root. 
and dig we, it up and you cook it like potatoes. Yes, they're and lovely. One, one really nice thing to do, and you'll have to talk to the cook about this, is um, you know, slice them really thin and fry them like crisps. Uh-huh. Oh, lovely. Yeah. And, and, and when will they be harvested? Yeah, in the fall. In the fall. Great. So thank you very much. Oh, you're so welcome. That was really yeah. good. Yeah. Um, we hope you enjoyed that podcast and we will be bringing you more across as diverse and interesting a range of stories as we can find. You're welcome to reach out to us on Twitter, LinkedIn or by email and give us any feedback and let us know what you'd like us to cover in the future. Thanks and keep listening.